Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Mark Selby, CEO of Canada Nickel. They're TSX listed nickel play with assets in Canada. They had a press release come out today with some quite attractive drill results. We talked through those. We also look at the macro story for nickel. These guys are trying to deliver a PEA by the end of this year and a feasibility study by next. They're fully financed through to the end of that PEA. So some accelerated deliverables there needed. So enjoy the podcast. Hey Mark, how are you doing, sir? Great, Matthew, how are you? Not bad, been a while, been a while. Yes, it has been. But, uh, and, a, and a few things have happened since we last spoke. Good and yeah. bad. No, 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 good it's good. Bad. We keep moving the ball, so that's the yeah. key piece. And there's this fires thing that's appeared. So. I, I, I hear, I read about that. I read yes. about that. Yeah. But um, look, you, you know, um, press release uh, is out. There's a few things on yeah. there which I want to talk to you about. I want to see how things are going because I was intrigued by, you know, nickel generally in, the, in, in this market and hitting people trying to hit this cycle. There's a real kind of interest in it. But you guys um, have done a financing since we last spoke as well. So I want to talk about that. But yep. first, can we just kick off with that one minute overview for people new to this story? And uh, we'll pick it up from there. Sure. So, you know, this is a, you know, what we have is a very rare thing. It's a brand new nickel sulfide discovery. Uh, it's uh, within six months of drilling. We, we created the 11th largest nickel sulfide resource globally. Um, we are, because of my experience at RNC Minerals Advancing Dumont, and I was at Head of Strategy at INCO before that, um, you know, we're able to move nickel projects very quickly through. So, and as a scoping study by year end, feasibility study by the end of 2021, um, because, you know, what we fundamentally believe is that, you know, nickel goes through these super cycles, um, which are relatively unique to nickel every 15 to 20 years. And we think with, with the EV overlay on top of already strong demand from stainless steel and other traditional nickel uh, demand sources uh, that we're gonna heading for one of these in, in the middle part of this decade. So to get you know one of the few large scale nickel projects outside of Indonesia uh, ready for that market, we think is gonna create a lot of value for shareholders. It'd be great if you can do that, but they are quite expensive to put together, aren't they traditionally? Oh yeah, I mean nickel projects um, at the end are to, you know to build a nickel projects a billion dollar capital and you know again when you look at most people in terms of how much money they need to spend on drilling, um, the nice thing about these larger scale lower grade um, operations is they don't have the sexy high grade attached to it. But the reality is is your chances of actually finding a resource of the scale that's going to attract a major. Uh, you can you can drill these off relatively productively when you know what you're doing. And so, you know, we we raised we did the first 11th largest from scratch for four million dollars. And this PEA is going to cost us about four million dollars to get done. We'll continue to expand the resource, the higher grade part of this resource. That's really what we're focused on here is adding value, not necessarily tons. And so, um, yeah, we'll be able to deliver, you know, our feasibility study. We hope for, you know, somewhere between 20 and 30 million dollars, you know, max. And when, what is the timing for all of this? You talk about doing a PEA by, by when and, and when's the feasibility going to get done? Because if you're going to hit the cycle, yeah. you're going to need to get your skates on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we've, yep. I appreciate the Canadian analogy there. Thank you. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, we're we're skating we're skating as hard as we can. So we'll have that PEA done by you know by the end of the year, uh, hopefully a little earlier than the end of the year. Um, and then we we've we're, um, we've got a whole team of people that we've worked before. And we're getting them into place. And the whole goal with that team is you know the scoping study is going to be a sort of a pull up 
before the end of the year. The goal is really having that feasibility study done, you know, by the end of December 2021. Because the reality is, is in terms of, you know, you want to be one of the first projects out of the gate to attract the large, large scale investors. And then two, in terms of takeouts, um, you know, valuation wise, if you look at what nickel sulfide discoveries, uh, large ones have gone out for in the past, you get one or two per decade, um, you know, uh, they tend to get taken out between scoping study and feasibility study. So we want to surface that value as quickly as possible for our shareholders. Okay, and you raised this money recently. What type of people sort yep. of came in? Because I know everyone's sniffing around EV, EV revolution, you know, battery revolution, whatever you want to call it. Nickel is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds, but there's a lot of stories out there too. How did you find it easy or difficult to raise capital? Well, we, we chose probably, you know, one of the sort of second worst months in the history of, uh, of, of capital markets to go to uh, raise money back at um, the beginning of April. I mean, gold gold has been able to raise money and, 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 it, and it's good to see the money that's been raised in gold. But but outside of gold, there's been almost nothing raised in, in the base metal sector. So, you know, I think it is a, a sign of confidence, A, in the nickel story generally, and then B, in our project specifically, you know, that we, you know, we went out for two and a half million dollars and, and we ended up with, you know, we ended up with four and a half million dollars, you know, and our share price is, is, is basically tripled since we've, um, you know, we announced, we announced that story. I mean, our, our, we, we started trading at the end of February just as COVID was breaking, um, but our share price is up 5x during that time frame. Which is insane. Um, so obviously people are liking what they're hearing. So what precisely do you think that's resonating with them? Because again, we've, we've spoken to companies telling nickel stories, they're not getting that kind of reaction. I think A, that it's a new nickel sulfide discovery. You know, a lot of nickel projects that are in the market are kind of, you know, have been, been around before and been recycled. This is truly A, a new discovery. B, I think it's, it's the potential scale of this asset. You know, again, in this market, what has traded well and get valued well are those projects that have the scale that can attract a major. And I think, you know, our initial resource, which was the 11th largest right out of the gate, uh, you know, and we're, we just scratched the surface of, of what we're, we have. Uh, I think, you know, has really got people there. And I think three, you know, I think there's, um, you know, we did it with Dumont um, in terms of getting from, you know, resource right through to fully permitted project. I think there's, you know, confidence with the investors behind us that, you know, we'll be able to do the same thing with Crawford. But because we've done it before, we're going to be able to do it in a much, much quicker, much more capital efficient fashion. Okay, interesting. Well, okay, well, talking of which, let's, let's get into the, the um, news release here, because you, sure. you've done a bit of drilling. You got some numbers yeah. that look good to yeah. me, but why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's uh, you know three key takeaways you know from those drilling results. You know, first off, in terms of the nickel resource, so we drilled off one portion, which is less than twenty percent of, of of the structure that we have there um, to deliver that eleventh largest resource. These are the first new step out holes, and so you know from the first two step out holes, um, we basically confirmed that this. You know, more than we've more than doubled the strike length of what we've got already. So in terms of you know resource upsize, um, you know that that should give you some sense of, of what the scale of this resource could go. Secondly, and probably the most important point is you know the first assays back from the first drill hole was the highest grade nickel intersection um, that we've drilled to date in that main main nickel dunite area. So it was 55 meters at 0.42 percent nickel and with 0.2 grams per ton palladium plus platinum. And that's about six times what our average re, average PGM grade is for the resource. Uh, and, and again, what we're drilling for is we're drilling for value, not for tons. So 
um, you know, what's going to make the PEA exciting and what's going to make the, you know, people get excited about the, the, this project is being able to fill that mill with as much high grade, higher grade ore through the, for the, for the first years of the project. So, you know, that's where we're really, um, you know, zeroing in on. And then the third, the third takeaway is, you know, we, we hit this PGM zone sitting about 100 meters outside our main nickel resource and hit it consistently across several hundred meters down to 500 meters depth. Um, and, you know, we, we, we've hit it in two other places. So, again, this, you know, offset mineralization that we, you know, is going to double the strike length. It's, it's been hit in two separate places in the same spot, um, you know, 1.2 kilometers apart from each other. Um, <laughs> right. And, yeah, and then the other place that we targeted to drilling was a one and a half kilometers away from our last drill hole on the main intersection, and you know we hit two point seven grams per ton. So most of what we hit before was one and a half grams per ton. Um, this two point seven grams, and there was actually three separate intervals that totaled nearly thirty meters uh, of one and a half gram material. There's very few PGM hits outside of of, of South Africa, and again, most of what's in the market today has been around for a while. You know, this is a new. PGM discovery on top of what is already a large nickel discovery. So, you know, I think that's the thing, you know, people are pretty keen on palladium and there's very few new palladium stories. So, you know, I think, you know, what's, uh, I don't, don't, we're not going to change the name yet, but from Canada nickel, but you know, the palladium part is going to be a pretty important part of uh, byproduct credit in the economics for the PEA and in, in, in the scoping study. That's fascinating. That, I mean, that, I mean, that's a sort of me meaningful grades there. On the, P, on the PGM, but can I just come back to, and I'm sure you'll, as you sure. drill out more, you'll tell us more about that. Yeah. Um, can we talk about what you mean by drill, drilling for value? I want people to understand yeah. this because I'm, I'm not sure I completely understand it either. I, I, the, the old model is drill for resource and you're building out the size of the ore body and you know that, that, that's the old way of doing things. You're trying to do things in an accelerated way, so you're trying to bring the, the good stuff to the fore quicker. Is that is that what you're doing? Is that what you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I would say, you know, I would say Australian mining companies tend to do it. It sort of, you know, they tend to, you know, build enough resource to get their mine built and they get going. You know, in in Canadian resource companies have tended to, you know, just build out larger and larger resources, and that when at some point they'll put some economics around them. But it's all about making the resource as large as possible. Um, you know, we, we already, with the first set of drilling, you know, we're 11th largest already. You know, the, the key piece that's really going to move, and we have enough resource for a 50-year mine life. Um, you know, the key piece is really finding more higher grade, higher value material to be able to mine in the first few years of, of that, that mine project life. So the geophysics that we, we've got sort of points us to where those higher, you know, best areas may be. And so, you know, that's where we've been focusing our drilling as opposed to just stepping out, you know, on a standard basis and trying to add, you know, as, 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 as you know, just maximizing tons for the sake of maximizing tons. Okay, so things are going well. Share, share price, appreciate, yeah, it's great. Well done. Um, yep. Numbers starting to look good. Going to try and deliver this PEA by, the, PEA by the end of the year. I'm assuming, therefore, COVID-19 is not drastically impact your ability to move things forward is that seems to be what i'm hearing yeah northern ontario in in in, in ontario um mining was deemed an essential business so whereas a number of other businesses and their supporting businesses shut down um in in ontario we were allowed to uh continue um operating and we were able to you know the work that we're doing is still we can still do it in a way that keeps our employees safe 
Um, and so, you know, we, we've been able to continue drilling. Uh, our assays have slowed down a little bit. You know, that's where you'll see there's nine holes of assays pending. Um, but, um, you know, by and large, you know, all, all the suppliers and support industries have been, a, been able to, you know, to keep, keep working safely. And, you know, we've been able to move, move, you know, continue to move things along, which has been great. Okay. And what's your, what's your view with regards to how all of this, I mean, again, I'm talking about COVID-19, is going to impact the battery market? You know, is there going to be a, a slowdown before it gets, you know, back up to, you know, what it was aiming to be before? Um, is there going to be an impact? Because we've had a couple of CEOs come on here and go, oh, it's absolutely devastated the supply chain. Um, it's going to impact the way people think about these things. What's your take on it? Yeah, so I, I think it's more, I think it's really more, um, well, let me talk about the battery market in general and then more metal specific. I think, you know, in terms of, you know, yeah, we are going to go through, you know, s- several months of, of economic slowdown, but I think, you know, don't, you're going to see governments want to stimulate the economy. So, you know, the Chinese have always done it through infrastructure projects. And, and if you look at the stats that are coming out over the last six weeks, you know, they are, you know, you've got, you know, copper mills running at more than 100% of, 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 of capacity right now. You know, iron ore prices, you know, huge amounts of iron are now going into China. Um, in the nickel market itself, you know, um, you, you've seen a lot of the physical numbers um, improve pretty dramatically. So, I know I think that's going there. I think in the West, where consumer spending is the biggest driver, you know, governments are going to, you know, have to provide incentives or mail checks to people to help, you know, get consumer spending to the point where the economy is going to be growing again. And again, cars as a big ticket item is something where, you know, you, you're you're going to see government incentives show up. And again, you know, there's a lot of discussion among politicians around sort of re- using this opportunity to retool or redesign their economy. So I think, you know, a lot of those incentives are going to be geared towards, okay, you know, we're going to give you money to buy a car, help you buy a car, but it's going to be only if you buy a clean car. So for those people who are kind of on the fence about buying one, oh, okay, you know, if I get a thousand bucks from the government to do it, you know, then I'm going to do it. So, so. So I'm not as doom and gloom in terms of, you know, I think it is going to be pretty challenging, you know, for the next year or two economically. But I think, you know, the way out of this is to stimulate the economy. And so uh, so I think those incentives will come in terms of the individual metals. You know, the, the metal I feel sorry for the most, I think, is cobalt um, through this process because it's it's got three whammies. You know, if you look at cobalt sources of demand, uh, one is alloys for the oil and gas industry. Um, you know, which is just, you know, kind of took it in the teeth. Uh, the other part is for super alloys, you know, in the aerospace sector. And so, you know, again, you know, air, you know, airplane travel is something that's going to take a while to, you know, fully, fully come back. And then, you know, you've got, the, you know, the EV market, you know, which has become the you know third source, which is going to be, again, a, a few bumps here going forward. So um, I think cobalt's got it the toughest. Lithium, again, you've just got so much supply sloshing around that, you know, as we go through this low point, um, and, you know, I don't think uh, I might be wrong, but I don't know how much lithium production has been impacted by COVID. Uh, where we benefit for, from nickel is, um, you know, the, the one of the major mining sources is, is, is mines in the Philippines, you know, and those we're going to have to ramp up to help make up for the ore that's not coming from Indonesia anymore. Um, but those mines have been shut for, you know, quite a period of time and have just been extended again. So, you know, we're seeing ore stockpiles coming down in China pretty dramatically. And so... You know, it, it is, you know, so, you know, 
I think that's important for investors is to think about the COVID impact, not just on demand, but on the supply of the metal. And nickel, nickel has come out of this in, in, in pretty good shape relative to the, to the other metals. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. I, I always love listening to you, to your, uh, your take and um, you understand it uh, with regards to the macro. So I uh, appreciate that. Um, well, Mark, exciting times uh, for you guys. I guess you've just got a whole bunch of deliverables to be able to get that PEA done. Um, you feeling confident yep. by the end of the year? That's, that's definitely going to happen? Yeah, I mean, between now and then, we'll have another resource update out in July. Right. We'll have another resource update in October or so before we finalize the the the, um, the scoping study. Uh, we'll have a whole series of drilling and mineralogy results. Again, for these deposits, the key issue is, okay, how much of the nickel can you actually recover? Uh, and again, what we're seeing so far is very encouraging. Um, but, you know, we'll have those numbers come out. And again, those are going to be the key de-risking events in terms of, you know, how do we, we've done well getting from 25 cents to, uh, you know, $1.25. And how do we take this, you know, to $5 a share or higher from here? It's going to be some of that news that comes out, you know, over the summer. And, then, you know, the other big thrust of this too is, you know, it's easy carrying around high grade core that looks very sexy. You know, I did that in a prior life with, you know, rocks with chunks of gold in it. Um, and, you know, that definitely gets investor attention. But I think, you know, in terms of delivering, you know, building a, a project that the majors are going to be interested in, you know, you know, large lower grade projects. I, you know, part of the reason I'm so keen to get the economics done is to really demonstrate to people it's like, yes, it's low grade, but you're going to build an operation that's even, you know, equally low cost, and you can deliver very good margins. Uh, you know, I'll point people to Belidin's ATIC mine in you know in finland it's uh, sorry in scandinavia it's a 0.22 percent copper with a tiny bit of silver and gold as a byproduct credit and it is in the first quartile cash cost for copper you know so it has a fraction of the grade but because it's in the right location lots of infrastructure it has a productive workforce um, and it's built to the scale to the you know it's the right scale for that kind of grade you know they can make money all day long and so you know that's what we want to demonstrate with with crawford you know that you know we're going to be able to build that kind of scale operation and generate those kind of cash flows for many 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 decades to come okay well mark like i appreciate your time today i i'm just in, i'm you know d delighted for you to have you know got the got the ball rolling and got the money um in as well but you know you clearly know what you want to do and how you want to do it which is fantastic now you've got to go and do it so yeah over to you. Hold stay in touch. To yeah, yeah, hold your feet. I will. I will. You know, I will. Um, but stay in touch. You know, pick up the phone. It was lovely to you know be able to speak to you today. Um, and, you know, and, and keep delivering. Thank you, sir. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.